0: How do y'all. <laughs> I don't even say that. I mean, I get teased in Texas because I don't say, like, y'all. In fact, my church bags on me. They're like, oh, you sure a pastor? They're like, totally, totally. Like, I get ripped on more than, than anybody. And, uh hey, just real quick, my wife, Franny, Sam, and Isaac, front row. And we, we, we left here a little over three years ago. And just just kind of just let you know, I mean, it, our time here at Coruscant was amazing. When we left... We left absolutely full. I mean, it's like like our heart was full. I mean, there's not. You know what? It's kind of like I don't know if you ever leave somewhere where it feels good to leave. you know what I'm talking about? Like you kind of leave and move on, and you just like don't want to go back there type of thing. That could have been more opposite of Cornerstone. We absolutely love this place. We love Francis. Lisa loved the the elders. love the people. Cornerstone for us this is like a huge, just more like a family. Reunion. Um, and, and, seriously, seriously, we, we pray for you guys. We, we, uh, it's just, this is just a blast to be back here. And, uh, real quick, just to update in Rockwell, we, what we did is three years ago, a little over three, we moved to Texas. And so on like this full tank, which was totally good to have a full tank if you're going to go plant a church, uh, moved to Rockwell, Texas. It's about 22 miles east of Dallas. And, um, I would say, someone asked me yesterday, are you glad you did it? I would say, yeah, I'm totally glad I did it, but probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I mean, being in ministry and serving, but, but ask the absolute most rewarding thing. Uh, see, our church, like I call it the bad news bears of the Bible Belt. Like, we just, <laughs> we just don't belong. I don't know why. It's just Bible Belt's tricky because what it is, it's one of those things where there's a, there's just a lot of culture, a lot of pretending and, and cornerstone rock walls is more of a place where it's just honesty before God. Who are you really? And we teach a high view of God and a high view of the Bible and a high view of God's love and a high view of what God's doing around the world. But but it's just kinda like, you know, we just try to create a safe place where people can grow, know God, and grow. Uh last thing we want is people to be fake, but but I wanted to just share a couple people because um just to say thank you. These were families that actually moved with us. And I can't imagine, not all of them, but these are some that are just have, have stuck it out for three years. And are just still helping in, 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 uh, with the church. Um, Parkinson's, the Phelps, the Prados, the Bulldrops, McMurray's, uh, Regina Brandler, the Olsons, John Kepner, uh, Revere's, the Lackey's and the Hornaday's were from another church. Uh, different churches here, uh, Sunrise and EV Free here in Simi. They moved out and, uh, and joined us in uh, Goldberg. And I just, you know, these families to you, some of you guys might know, to me, I'm so thankful for them, just for the work that they do. And, and just to give you kind of a snapshot of our church, it's like, man, it's like three, 350, and we're totally happy. I mean, it's just like we're three years old, it's growing. Um, but just the heart of it, if I could give you kind of an a, a um, one of the questions I get asked all the time is just like, hey, when are we going to build a building? Because um, we're in a school, and we have two services, and it's going cool. I'm just like, ah, oh, we have a building. And people kept asking me, when are we going to build? When are we going to build? And I'm like, Lord, everybody wants to build, but we already have a building. And so I remember just being in Africa. And those of you guys who have seen pictures, you know, like you go up there and you see these, like, you know, posts with, like, a couple pieces of metal. And, like, in Texas, that's where you'd keep your cows, but this is where God's people are meeting, and it just didn't seem right. And, and so I was like, okay, you know, it just hit me. I said, okay, I was reading Philippians, and like Philippians says, consider others better than yourself, or their interests is more important as yours. So I, I went to the altar and said, hey, I got an idea. I don't know what you guys think of this. I go, I think we should build a building, but I don't think we should do it for ourselves. I think we should build a building for somebody else as our first act of building. And so... We pitched it to the elders. The elders were totally cool. Went to the church. I go, guys, I got good news for you. We're going to build. And like everybody's looking at me like, oh, sweet. They're all excited. I go, but not for us. Like, ah, you know what I'm saying? And then they were like, oh, you know, and I think, oh, head games. I wasn't playing head games. I just read Philippians. I said, well, check this out. If this is what the Bible says, I go, what if you guys as believers, what if, what if, like, our testimony was, instead of the first piece of property we ever bought was for us, or the first building we ever bought was for us, was for somebody else. And so we picked it. We picked a pastor that we had a relationship with in Uganda, and they literally were meeting just two pieces of metal and some sticks. And, um... So to build a building is like 25 grand. For us, that's huge. I mean, our typical offering is like $3,000. And so what we did is we just said, okay, hey, in a month, we're going to take an offering. And 100% whatever goes, goes to the building. And we'll build a building for someone else. And so that day came. And I was freaking out. My like My nerves, I don't know. I don't really get that emotional about offerings. But I was just like on edge because I knew people were just sacrificing and believing and digging deep. And the day came, they made their offering, and I'll never forget when the guy brought up the, the total number, and it was like 25000 And I was like, I was so proud. You can clap for our church. <clears throat> that was unheard of where we come from, because it's just, it's, it, there's this obsession with building, like, there's like an arms race going on, and you build, you build campuses, and it's just huge, and so the idea of building a building for someone else, is so, but the thing is, for some of you guys, it's not a shock, because that's just a carryover of the heart of this church, and so thank you guys for uh, um, just, I guess, breathing into us, being a good example, please don't ever give up. Please don't ever give up. Don't think that what you do is not making an impact because I guarantee you there's a church in Rockwall, Texas keeping our eyes on, being encouraged by what you're doing here. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I guarantee you he will, uh, he will pay off. He will. So here's what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'm actually going to start with uh, reading a couple of verses. If you have your Bibles, open up to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If you would, though, stand with me. Um, we're going to stand together as we read it. And I'm going to read Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And it's, uh, I'm going to read out of the NIV. Here's what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let me pray. Jesus, we absolutely believe that you are the Savior of the world, that you are our Savior God, I thank you just that for who you are and what you've done. God, I pray that we can look to you and and just when I think of you as an example, in every way that I look to you, how you talk, how you thought how you loved, how you moved through people's uh, through the crowd and how you touch people's lives, how you save and, and just, it, it's so incredible. And so Jesus, our, our prayer this morning is that we would never take our eyes off you, that we would always keep our eyes fixed on you. And that today as we walk out, God, if we just have been kind of distracted in our walk with you, God, I pray that today there would just be a refocusing, putting you in the rightful place that you belong. God, we absolutely love you, and we thank you that we get to come together and worship you, lift up your name. Uh, one people lifting up one name with one heart is amazing, and it's all because of you. So we love you, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Now God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and grab a seat, if you would. And uh, Here's what we're going to do. Um, just take notes or remember. It's going to be a pretty simple morning for the, for the most part, but uh, here's the deal. Just kind of get us rolling. Okay, get off the plane, LAX on Thursday. Um, Actually, my dad's here, and and, uh, I was going out to meet my dad and my grandma out at uh, El Torito in Riverside. And so, you know, end up pulling up to the restaurant with them, and I don't know if this ever happens to you, right? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Um, I walk up to my 84-year-old grandma, you know, tiny grandma, and uh, and I walk up to her, and I, hey, grandma, and I give her a hug, and and she gives me a hug, and she goes, wow, you're husky. (laughs) I'm like, did she just call me fat? Like, you know how you don't know if you just got slammed? And, and then she steps back and she starts looking up and down. But I did the whole, so I think I tricked her, right? You know what I'm saying? I tricked her. And so, so then, and she goes, wow. And then she looks at her, is that what Texas does to you? <laughs> I'm like, grandma, come on, man. I'm all like trying to like, you know, reposition myself, like turn to the side. Grandma. <laughs> And then it comes time to eat though, right? So you got to get something to eat, right? And so you, you got to eat something and, uh, you know, they're going to like, oh man, combination, no, combination, no. Because once you've been accused of fat, you can't order normal food. You know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> then everybody will know that you're like, oh, that's why you're fat. You know what I'm saying? And so then it comes and the, and the, the server comes and goes, what do you have? And I'll just go, I'll have the soup. And, uh. She was the bowl of soup, and I said, no, the shot glass. The shot, I'll just take the shot glass of soup. That'll be enough for me. And, and you know, it's just kind of funny about those things. that like, you know, mixed messages. If you don't know, like, what are you trying to really say? I mean, just tell me what you're trying to say. I want to be honest with you. I don't want you walking out of here today with any, any kind of fog or not clear about what I'm talking about. Today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing, just one thing only, and that's remember Jesus. You remember Jesus. I mean, see, do you remember Jesus? Like, that's like why we're here. And it's so easy to forget. I keep thinking like, as a pastor, as a believer, we can get so distracted so quick over anything. And all of a sudden, what was once so big, so much in our life, all of a sudden can just become this kind of idea. You know what I'm talking about? Give me about this nod. Come on, you're texting today, okay? Okay, give me uh And so so the thing is, what I want you to do is I want you just to remember Jesus. And so if you need to take notes, take notes. Or if you just want your mind and your heart to be challenged, it's totally cool. I want you just. To, I want to take you back, and I want to just go back and just kind of think through um, of remembering Christ. And so, I'm gonna we're gonna do a couple little things. We're just gonna kind of start back at our salvation, think about our life, and also look into the future. Um, but here's the deal. Let me just start with this. Um, remember Jesus in looking back. You see, when I when I say that, when I say remember Jesus, I mean, what I'm talking about is for me, when I look back on my life with Jesus, I remember the day, I remember the time. In fact, is anybody here, can you remember the day when you weren't saved? Like you, you remembered what it was like to not know Jesus? Anybody, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Keep it high for a second so everyone else can see. I mean, these are the people like you remember the day. Well, you weren't a kid. You remember, well, maybe you were, but you remember the day of not knowing Jesus. Thank you. And, and the day I'm talking about is when all of a sudden you look back and you remember that, that he died for you and that he showed this amazing love. And, and, and I look back on that time and you know what? I've never been disappointed. I've never been embarrassed over what Jesus has done for me. Ever. But then when I look at my life, in fact, someone pulled up a picture uh, of me from 1987. That's all I had to say was 1987, uh. And it's funny, why? I'll tell you why. Somebody should have stopped the 80s. No, I'm serious. You don't believe in me, but let me finish telling you the story and you'll say somebody should have stopped that. Um, it was a picture and I had on these really, really short, short turquoise shorts. That right there is a sin in many ways. Like, you don't deserve to go to heaven in turquoise shorts if you're a dude, okay? And so, so here's the thing. So I'm wearing these short shorts and then I have this buttoned up yellow shirt Tucked in. Seriously, now you know what I'm saying. Somebody should. Somebody should go. Whoa! Don't go down that road. Someday we're all gonna have to pay for this, right? And uh, and then and then I had on white socks pulled up, and then white vans and feathered hair. It was horrible. It was horrible. Jesus had every right to pass me by, but he didn't, right? And and he's like, I don't blame Jesus for checking out of the 80s. And so. So the thing is, I look at that and I go, gosh, that is so embarrassing. But at the time, you feel like it's so right. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, last week for one of the messages, we, uh, I, I did this thing where we went back to 1983. Um, and I, I just used this thing. And to me, like music always reminds me of times in my life. You know what I'm talking about? And so, so 83, real quick, was anybody born in 83? Raise your hand if you were born in 83. Oh my gosh, how cute. Isn't that cute? Um, and then so, so, okay, anybody graduate in 83? Any graduates? Yeah, okay, there we go. Ready to mind. Okay, see that, this is funny. Okay, let me just, you guys got to help me out here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take you back a little bit um, to 1983. I'm going to just sing the song. I have a horrible voice, but go with me. Um, but you just, I'm going to sing the song. You tell me who wrote it, or who sung it, okay? Um, number one song of 1983. Every breath I take, every take. Who is it? Police. police. It is police. Okay. Now, here, that's not a bad song, right? So we, we, we start off not too bad. Okay, here we go. Remember this? Our house in the middle of the street. Our, who is it? Madness. Okay. Do you remember how everybody danced to madness? Oh, please. I mean, it made sense then, though, right? I mean, it made sense then. How about this one? Come on, Eileen, you know what I, Who is it? Dexie's Midnight Runners. Okay, honestly, I thought about that song. And you know when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, everything seems so deep, All right? He's saying, come on, Eileen, you know what I mean? I don't think she knew what he meant. <laughs> I kept singing. I'm going, I don't think she knew. And especially when you, once you went down the Tulu Rahe, you know what I'm saying? I think she was totally lost. Okay, this is for those who smoke pot. Uh, <sighs> dobo morigato, Mr. Rabato. Dobo, 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 dobo. Who was that? Yeah, there you go. Shame on you guys. Okay, here we go. (laughs) You know where you were in 1983. Okay, here we go. This one, this one, this one bothers me. Okay, how about this one? Too shy to shy, hush, hush, I don't want. Who is it? Okay, don't ever say that again. (laughs) Don't ever, ever, ever say that word. In Texas, that will get you beat up. Seriously, (laughs) you get like pistol whip for that one. Um, It's that Kasha Gugu. Can you imagine busting out the album with your kids today? that's embarrassing in fact the whole era like like you know like it's like kind of like i don't know like whether you're a guy or a girl it sounds the same when you sung that era There was like no man music until the 90s um (laughs) seriously till Pearl Jam came out and said hey this is what a man sings like and uh even Def Leppard was on the list but like that's half guy half girl thing and then uh the last one is this do you really want to hurt me yes we do okay here we go yeah we totally you keep singing that somebody's gonna hurt you okay here's my point. Here's my point. Okay, so we can look at our lives. We can look at our time error and all that, but we look back on this stuff right here, and it really is kind of embarrassing. You know, we laugh about it, but it's like, yeah, I wouldn't go back to that, right? And it's funny, but there's some things in our lives that are embarrassing. Sometimes some of the ways that we think, sometimes some of the ways that we acted, some of the ways that we live, could be embarrassing when we look back on it. Can I just encourage you for a moment? When I say remember Jesus, now you got to go with me here, okay? When I say remember Jesus, I'm talking about those of you who know Jesus as your Savior. Do you remember the day when it was just, overwhelmed you the thought that Jesus like would pay for your sin that 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 when you saw the blood it's it's like it was so overwhelming I mean I remember that to think that that he would shed his blood for me at first I was angry about it because I wasn't saved I was angry I was offended like I didn't kill him but then one day it dawned on me that it wasn't a matter if I killed him it's that he came here to give his life for me that he shed his blood for me. Do you remember the blood? Do you remember the love? Do you remember? I mean, I I know because I've seen it on some of your faces that like when you sing, you're like overwhelmed by the fact that God would love you that much no matter what. Because you and I know all the stuff that we've done. There's stuff that we wouldn't share with anybody. But in spite of all that, which would be not just a little bit embarrassing, but just absolutely humiliating. And yet God and his amazing mercy and grace came and gave himself for us. When was the last time? Because the thing is, when we read the scripture, it, it tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because you know what the temptation will be to take your eyes off of Jesus. That's why God tells us to make sure we fix our eyes on Jesus. When was the last time you seriously, you just, you just went back, you remembered what he did for you, and you were just overwhelmed by it? Guys, it's probably been a long time for some of you. It's so, it's so easy to get obsessed with church or life or work. But seriously, if you take Jesus out of this, there's nothing here. I mean, he's the whole reason why we're here, right? I mean, he is the reason. And so, so my, my question to you is, 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 when was the last time you just stopped and remembered like, man, I am so blown away by God's love for me? You guys, it's so important that we remind ourselves where we came from, because when you put your faith in Jesus, he's the one unchanging thing. He doesn't change. And in this world of change, churches change, staffs change, everything changes. Your work changes, the economy, everything's always in this, this, this movement. But the one thing that never changed is the Lord. He doesn't change. And, and, and so the thing is, what, what, what the temptation is to look everywhere else but him, or we might glance at him real quick, but then all the change freaks us out. Can I encourage you this morning to remember Jesus, to remember Jesus? And for some of you guys, you haven't thought about what he did for you in so long. And I'm not saying it didn't come up like a thought, like here or there, but where you were like just broken again, where you were just like amazed again. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that, that what we do is we kind of like stop here or like we start here and then it kind of fades and yet in Christianity, it feels that way sometimes. It feels like we start off with Jesus like this big bang, and then all of a sudden what we do is we kind of leave Jesus behind, and we get involved in church. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like we get involved in doing stuff, but what we do is we almost leave just the passion of our Savior behind. Because some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, like it, like, like the cry of the heart of the Gospels is always people crying out to Jesus, save me. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the blind people, they hear Jesus, they can't see him, they hear Jesus coming by and they just start crying out regardless of what people say. You know, Lord Jesus, you know, son of David, whoever save me, have mercy on me. And they're just crying out. Or like the thief on the cross. It's like you and I can understand that, right? If you got somebody, the, the thief is, is, is next to Jesus. He, he's naked, he's wretched, he's paying for his own sin. And yet I love that story because he looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. He's looking at me. He's watching everything go down. He says, Remember me and I love what Jesus says. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I mean when you hear Jesus open his mouth, you just get this like this fusion of like of hope. Would you not agree? I mean, just like every time like you look at Jesus, there is no disappointment. Hmm. Man, just I, I guess when was the last time you stopped and just thought about it, that he saved you. In fact, if you've never done it before, you could do it today. I mean, to, to me, the, the cross here, it's, it's the loudest act of love that's ever happened in the history of humanity. In fact, it echoes throughout all eternity. And, and if you've never put your trust in Jesus, it, it's the idea of what you do. You say, like, like how does God save me? What he did is I believe that Jesus came and what the Bible teaches that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay full payment for our sin. And what I love about this, it wasn't just like my sin or your sin, but it was the sin of the whole world. There's nobody's sin that, that, that's not covered by the blood of Jesus. And it wasn't even a stretch for him. It wasn't like he's got to go, oh, I gotta give a ton of love or I gotta get a ton of grace. It's just, it made the most sense because that's who he is. That's what he does. And, and if you've never put your trust in, if you've never believed, you can't today. You can just say, you know what, Lord? I do believe. I believe that you died on the cross for me and I do accept you as my savior. It's just sad because what we do is we grasp for, for, we grasp for everything but him sometimes. Do you know what we're talking about? We grasp for everything but him. And so, so if, we, if we do this, if I, if I ask you just to stop for a second and remember what he's done, remember his blood, remember his love, then, then what happens is we start walking with him. If I could say this kind of simple, this is the beginning of your walk. But actually, I want to ask you for a second to, to stop and remember the Lord. So I want you to remember the Lord when you look back, but I want you to remember the Lord as you walk with him. Because if, let me do this. Let me read in the message. It's the same passage. But I'm going to read it in, in, uh, in the version the message. Here's what it says. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God. Now, here's the encouragement. When you find yourself struggling in your, in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline through your soul. I just love that. That will shoot. I mean, as a believer, what's going to get you fired up? is thinking about what Christ went through and what, what he did. Now, now here's the thing. Can I say this? That there is no disappointment in Jesus. I mean, see, the problem is it's so easy. Like, we don't really see Jesus yet. We will. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we see each other. Now, here, here's what I've learned about, like, just relationships with people. They go through, they go through changes. You know what I'm talking about? They, it's like this. Like, you and I might have an interest in somebody. Um, or we could be infatuated. It's a little bit more intense. Or there's actually just people worship. Where people actually worship other people. They give the best that they have to, they pursue them, they do. It's, it's just that, that kind of the mentality. Well, here's what happens with any human relationship. You think you know someone if you don't really know them. Like you think, I think I know you. But then if you really get to know someone, typically what happens is you will go through a dip. Because you'll get to know them. And you know they aren't what you thought they were. Has that ever happened to you guys? You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you, you oh, I thought I knew them. No, I mean, well, you didn't really know them. But now that you go through the dip, you're really getting to know them. The sad part is is the stuff that they probably have in their life and they struggle with the same things that you and I do, which is so weird that we're so intolerant of other people's, I guess, life. But what happens is that dip goes through, and somewhere along that dip we determine uh, in that disappointment whether we're going to continue to love or respect them. And then typically what happens, whatever comes out of that, that's what the relationship really is. But if I could just say with Jesus, it's absolutely the opposite. You see, with Jesus, there's, there's no dip. It's not like what you do is you get to know Jesus and then all of a sudden you really get to know him and somehow there's disappointment. There's no disappointment in him. In fact, like the beginning, like this amazing story, the amazing love, the amazing sacrifice, unconditional, it's, it's all the beginning. But what happens is as a Christian, what we're taught is like this is amazing and up front's amazing and then just kind of like right here, we're just supposed to slug it through. As amazing as the cross is, the day you got saved, that's how amazing he is every day of your life. You're just not fixing your eyes on him. You just look, at it. it's so easy to look at everything else instead of look at this way and then look this way and look at people instead of keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus because the Bible says, that's what, you know I'm saying, if, if our temptation is to look away. And so when we look back on our salvation, we know that, that Jesus is more than enough to pay for our sin. When we look at our daily life. He's more than enough for our life. Now, um, let me do something. You guys, if you have your Bibles with you, flip over to the book of Revelation real quick with me. Revelation chapter 2. Do you guys remember when um, when I was here? It was probably in my earlier days here. Do you remember when Francis took us through the book of Revelation? Remember that? Kill a ride, kill a ride. I mean, just in the sense of high view of God, high view of Jesus. But I remember one of the scariest things that stuck with me was the whole, in chapter two, verse one, was the, the letter to the Ephesian church. You know, the whole leaving your first love, you know what I'm talking about? And I remember that stuck with me because that always seemed kind of, kind of scary to me. And in fact, if you look with me at the, at the, at the scripture, Revelation chapter two, Verse 1 says this, um, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the golden lamps. says, that's Jesus. And here's the, here's the point. This is the church's reputation. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You've discovered that they're liars and you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. This was a crazy church. This was a persevering church. This was an active church. This was a busy church. They obviously knew the word. They knew how to do ministry, but this is the crazy part of verse four. But I have this complaint. This is Jesus complaining. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me as you first did. I mean, they did all that busy activity. They were doing all that crazy stuff for Jesus. And yet the one thing that he says then that he had against him is they didn't really love him. There was like no, there was no um, affection in their heart. It, it was a heart issue. Christianity had become a doing thing. Do you know what happens when you just do Christianity? You got to keep out doing yourself to keep yourself interested. And that's why when some people don't uh, find something that they could outdo in Christianity, they'll look elsewhere. And that's where sin comes in, because it seems new and it seems challenging, all that other stuff. But when you see, when you do Christianity, really doing Christianity is loving Jesus with all your heart. Dude, I know that sounds so old school. It scares me that there's so many Christians who go through their entire Christian life And they don't think about Jesus. They think about church, they think about ministry, think about work, think about people. But the very the 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 crown jewel of what we believe is often just kind of forgotten. You guys, Jesus is Christianity. Jesus is Christianity. Without Jesus, there's no Christianity. I mean, he's again the very reason why we're here. If we get rid of him, let's go home. It's just activity. And so, so you know what we're talking about. I'm, I'm speaking to the heart. And so, so the thing that that, that I, I don't ever want to leave Jesus. But can I say something? Looking unto Jesus prevents you from ever leaving. And I think about this in terms of like a husband and wife relationship, because I do marriage counseling a lot. And it seems like it seems like I, I get the aftermath, and someone's gone. But long before somebody ever left or or kind of walked away from their first love, they quit looking to them. They quit looking to them for love. They quit looking to them for relationship, they, for companionship. They quit looking to them altogether. Man, if you want to protect your relationship with the Lord on your level, a practical level, I mean, with him, it's absolutely protected. But on your level, just your daily life as you, you walk, as you remember Jesus now, keep your eyes fixed on him constantly. Talk to him constantly. Think about him constantly. Like bring him into your life. Like acknowledge him constantly. If you hit a rough spot, I mean, the thing is just don't don't all of a sudden fall apart and ditch it. Even if you get distracted for a moment, get your eyes back on him. It's like the classic story of Peter sinking in the water. I mean, the story of you guys know your Bibles and he, he gets in the waves and all of a sudden he starts sinking. His impulse was to cry out, Lord, save me. Man, but my encouragement is don't don't take your eyes off him. My question is, do you love him? Not do you you say you love him. I mean, do you really love him? Do you you really love him? Like, does your heart like like ever, ever pound or is there like an interest in there? Not that he's just kind of some added, you know, bonus feature to Christianity or church, but I mean, is he the cry of your heart? Is he the cry of your heart? Because he is a Christian. That's what he is to us. He's the cry of our heart because we were the dude on this side of the cross, no hope, pain our own way. And without him, we would have just literally been separated from God forever. And so God saved us and he he still keeps us saved as we walk in our daily life. And that's why he's still the cry of our heart. I mean, I just don't want, I I get so bummed because I just don't want, I don't want any Christian to live the Christian life without loving Jesus. It's totally cool to love your church. It's totally cool to love each other, but you don't want to lose Jesus in the mix of it all. Do you know what I'm talking about? Give me a Baptist nod. Amen. Okay, here we go. There we go. Let's roll to this last one. If we remember Jesus, we look back, we remember Jesus. We uh, look to our daily lives, we remember Jesus. Then we want to look forward and remember Jesus. I say remember Jesus because watch this. Do you know that someday you're going to see him? I mean, you're going to see him. Like, isn't that going to be crazy? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like all of a sudden, like someday here, I know this is weird to some of you guys. Someday you're going to close the very eyes that you have, that you're looking through right now. You'll close them for one last time. And when you open them, you will be on the other side of time called eternity. The crown jewel of eternity is not church. (laughs) You will walk in there and go, whoa, look at that church. Whoa, look at that church. Do you know what I'm talking about? You'll just like, you'll see Jesus. You'll see him face to face. I mean, I just think I'm gonna do like. I, I know I'm gonna point. I know I am. I'm gonna go. No way. No. Like for half eternity. No way. I mean, I know you're not supposed to point. I just think I will. And uh, and and I just think I just can't wait. Everything in my life. I mean, it's just like like 23 years and now was a believer. Now, I didn't always feel that way, obviously. When I got saved at 18, it was like, a, ah, yeah, Jesus is cool. We cannot come back until I get married and have kids. You know what I'm talking about? But it's just like the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I want to see him, not the less. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, like, I'm trying to, to communicate that, that when you walk with Jesus and you love Jesus, it, it, it almost builds momentum for you wanting to see him someday. Man, I am so stoked to be able to someday just go, man, I can't wait for the moment, the hour that I finally, finally get to see my Savior. I mean, what a day. Everything that I've ever worked for, that I've lived for, would be to see His face. I don't care if He talks to me, I just want to see Him. I just want to be with Him. You see, Jesus is more than enough for all eternity. Eternity is the full expression of Jesus Christ. Eternity is the full expression. Like we look back and we see a Savior, and we kind of read in pages of the Scripture, and it's kind of like history in a weird way because we look at it, and then we now we kind of walk by faith, you know, not by sight. We kind of experience Jesus, but it's kind of kind of mystical in the sense that we pray, you know. But it's not like we see Him. But then there will be a day where the the, the line will cross, and all of a sudden you will see unhindered there will be no veil there will be no shadow you will see everything there is to see in full glory jesus christ and that's why what i want for you guys i want that you look back and you look now and you look forward i want you to just go yeah that's the one i'm pursuing that's the one that i'm loving i don't want you to get to heaven and be confused and go what was your name again oh jesus i heard about you before in church I mean, it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta, the, the idea is that, that, that you are the savior, you're the king, and that everything in Revelation is the, is, is the, the full expression of that. And I know some of you guys, I just see, I mean, I see it on your faces. There's a few you guys just going, oh, I can't wait for that hour. But it really should be something that we all like, kind of long for. In fact, I was, I was thinking through this, this um, a couple of days ago, I was reading the triumphal entry story. You know what I'm talking about? Where Jesus rides in on a donkey, which is just weird to me. Like, it's just like, if I was like, gonna write the story, I would not script God coming to earth, riding in town on a donkey. It just, it wouldn't have thought it up when it came to mind, but that's the way God decided to present himself as a humble king. And so he came in. What I love though is I love the pandemonium of the people that embrace him. You gotta put yourself in that story when you read it, the triumphal entry. It's like the, 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 Palm Sunday at us that we celebrate. Back in the Bible when it happened, though, you got to picture the crowds like Jesus is coming in on a donkey. And this parade breaks out. And all of a sudden, people start running. They start tearing down the trees. Okay, if somebody did that today, they would get the police call on them. Seriously, during the worship set, I challenge someone to run out there, tear down a tree, come in and start waving it You'll get busted. Please don't do that. I'll never get invited back. Um, and, and the idea is that they are just tearing down trees and they're just waving them and they're shouting like, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're like taking off their clothes and they're throwing them on the ground. Would you and I call that a worship service? No, I don't think we would. In modern terms, we'd be going, that's weird. But do you know what's happening? They absolutely lost themselves in Christ. They could not believe that Jesus was among them. When was the last time we lost ourselves in Christ? I mean, I don't think those people always did that. I don't think every time somebody came to town on a donkey, that they, they acted like that. I think they knew who was in their midst. I and mean, my question is, 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 what would cause somebody to do that? Is This is that kind of stirring. And, and when was the last time that you and I just lost ourselves? Jesus was the center of the parade, just freaking out that he's here. that's that kind of, that's that kind of love, that reaction. And in, in, um, I kept reading the story and then it talked about the scribes and the Pharisees and it talked about how they were on the sidelines of the parade. And it said that they were indignant. They were so angry. And that just seemed weird to me that these guys knew about God, knew the word knew all this stuff, but they're watching the people who lost themselves in Christ. And then all of a sudden you have these guys who are indignant. You know why they were so angry? because it just didn't go down the way that they thought it was supposed to go down. According to them, this was not supposed to be going down this way. And they were indignant. Where are you at? I mean, where are you at? Where are you at? I mean, are you in the parade? Are you on the sidelines? I, you see, part of it is just as a believer, I just think, man, if we're not going like, to lose ourselves in Christ, no one else is. The world is not. We're the ones who claim to be the followers. We follow Christ. And so what happens, what, what, what breaks my heart is that, is that for the people who once were part of the crowd, they were once part of the, the, the parade and it was going and they, they had the palm, they, they threw in the shirt, and then all of a sudden the parade took a hard left. <laughs> I guess my shirt was for nothing. And then all of a sudden they back out sad to me is that someone who was once part of the parade would end up going to the sidelines and would now be a critic typically that happens when things don't go the way we think they should man can I encourage you again to remember Jesus to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus the parade's about him the parade is about the palm branches not about the clothes that's just the reaction the parade is about him Cornerstones about him the scripture is about him the church is about him it's all about him Okay, I mentioned Sam. Sam's our sixth grader, um, shaggy bone hair kid. In, uh, he, he's in sixth grade, went to, went to sixth grade. One of his electives is band, and so he had to pick an instrument to learn how to play. He picked the trumpet. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, now why are you laughing? Right? It's because you probably had like a first year trumpet player in your house. Is that why you're laughing? And it's probably like, because you you know, when you like the the first year trumpet player and Sam, I asked Sam if I could share this and he was cool. Um, When you first start playing the trumpet, it sounds like you're like stepping on the cat and like letting up. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's screaming, you know, it's got you're kinda of squishing the cat up. It's it's kinda of doesn't sound like a trumpet at all. It's kind of a squeal and you know, like this just this kind of noise. Well the thing about Sam, that was when he first started, but then his first song that he ever had to learn was Mary Had a Little Lamb. Right. Pretty tough song, right? I mean, you, you know what I'm saying, and and so so it was funny because Sam kept practicing and practicing and practicing, and and the and the more he practiced, he's really good now. He's getting better, a lot better. But at the time when he was practicing, it still didn't sound anything like Mary had a little lamb. It sounded like Marilyn Manson just killed a lamb, right? <laughs> I mean, it just it just sounds something like totally different. And so so what was funny is he kept practicing and practicing and practicing, and then and then one day his friend Josh was over, our next door neighbor Josh, and um. And so Josh came over and they went in the bedroom and, and Sam was going to play him the song. And it, was, it was hilarious. I was in the kitchen just listening. To this, so all of a sudden, Sam sits in his chair and he gets ready to blow. And Josh is, you know, standing there, a spectator. And he starts blowing and playing the song. I mean, again, it didn't sound like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Um, it was just these kind of noises. And then he quit playing and it was silence. And all of a sudden, Josh goes, wow, that sucked. <laughs> and then there was Silence. And Sam goes, really? And he goes, yeah. And then Sam goes, want to go ride bikes? <laughs> he goes, yeah. And they took off. And the reason why I love that story is because I think that every one of us needs a Josh in our life. We need a Josh in our life to tell us whenever we take our eyes, because it's so easy to take our eyes off of Christ. It's so easy to take our eyes off of Christ. It's so easy to take our eyes off of Christ that we all need a Josh in our life. Somebody to tell us the truth, somebody who will help us. And what I love about that, if that would have happened in adult world, oh please, elders would have been called, church play would have happened, here are my feelings, He told me I sucked. And I mean it just would have been a mess. And I loved it because just the honesty and the friendship, it just it actually just made life go forward. And the part that I feel bad about is friend I always told him it sounded good. <laughs> okay? He didn't need a parent, he needed a friend. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so many of us in our walk with God, it's not that we need people not to tell us the truth. Like, no, 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 it's cool. You, just, you know, just kind of keep going. It sounds, you're doing really good. You need a Josh in your life to tell you when you take your eyes off of Christ. My question is, do you have one in your life? I know, I know just with Cornerstone, see me the emphasis on community. And, and, and man, that is so amazing. And it's good to have a group of people that you're connected with. But even out of that group, do you have like a Josh A Josh, just one that you could talk to and and share. Man, here's what's going on, and and here's what I've been doing, here's what I've been practicing, and they'll be honest with you and tell you, wow, that sucked. (laughs) They'd be that honest with you. We need that. And so so today as we close, I mean, this is like I said, I told you I want to keep it simple. I don't want any fog, no mixed messages. My 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 just by my heart and what I prayed through is just to encourage you to love Jesus, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, remember Jesus, don't get lost. when when anything distracts you and all of a sudden something big happens, whether it's your work or in your neighborhood or with family members or your spouse, there's gonna be something. I guarantee you, you leave here today, there's gonna be something because you're gonna go, okay, I'm gonna keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I guarantee you there's gonna be something that's gonna vie for that. Something that's gonna try to take your eyes off of Jesus. And what I want you to do in that that moment, I want you to catch it. And I want you to say, okay, hey, I know that's going on, but I'm gonna view that in light of who Jesus is. I'm not gonna take my eyes off of Jesus. That, That situation is not bigger than who Jesus is. I guarantee you, if you keep your eyes fixed on him, you will never be disappointed. You'll never look back on embarrassment. You'll never look back and just go, man, totally regret that. You won't do it. And so as we close, man, I'm just going to give you a little bit of time. One, if you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, man, I give you that moment where you you talk to him, you tell him, you say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And and it's, it's between you and him, not between you through me and him. You have direct access to him. Man, if you're here today and you've just been guilty, man, you love the Lord and you're going through a time where you just got distracted. You you think more about, you're obsessing about something going on and it really doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. And I'm going to ask you in this moment, in this time of prayer, would you just like, just mentally let it go? And just say, I'm going to quit living for that, quit obsessing about that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to fix my eyes back on Jesus. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to live for him. Now, one last thing. And some of you guys, I'm going to pray for you because I know some of you guys need to be a Josh. You're just being kind of weak. Like you're just not telling people the truth and people are asking you, but you're just not being a good, like a good friend. You're not telling like, hey bro, you're taking your eyes off of Jesus. You need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. They'll come and they'll tell you about how big life is and how stressful life is, but you don't say anything about Jesus. I'm gonna just pray that you would be a Josh for them in their life, that you would be the person who calls them back. Hey, dude, remember Jesus? Remember him? And then lastly, if just as we, you have a time of prayer, um, if you need prayer, if you have a question or anything, uh, we'll be up here at the prayer room. And if you'd like to get baptized today, again, baptism is, is publicly, it's going public with what's inside your heart, going public and saying, I put my trust in Christ. I identify publicly with him. I follow him. And so if you're interested in baptism, you want to talk about it, or you want to get baptized, please come up to the room. And what I want to do is just give you a moment. Jim's going to lead some worship, but if, if you just spend a few moments, bow your head, close your eyes. Look up to heaven, whatever you feel most comfortable with. If you just spend a few moments with him.